Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Ear New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Mashup, whereby we're bringing two wonderful guests from previous interviews that I've done within the episode within the podcast, and we are bringing them to you as a snippet from each of the different episodes to give you a taste of what is the interview about. And I highly recommend that you go and listen to these. Now, Mario Beckis is on actually episode 309. And the topic or the title of that episode is Do Things Today to Impact Generations to Come. A wonderful interview, and check that out. And then also from episode 311, Heather Osgood. People expect to be led differently. And so, listeners, what I want you to do is to sit back, relax, and enjoy the mashup. Now, Mario, here's an interesting question for you, and that is, this person could be alive or from history, but who's your favorite leader and why? I'll start backwards. Uh, if you interview any CEO on this planet, uh, if you ask them, what is your two most favorite books you read? First one's going to be Art of War of Sun Tzu. And most of people, they believe they read that book, but that book is <laughs> it's very complex because it uh, requires a lot of strategic thinking. And second one, it's uh, uh, Niccolo Machiavelli, The Prince. Now, the both books are the great examples of the leadership. Sun Tzu, he was the leader in true sense, and he's my favorite leader because he was delivering messages how to conduct the war at a, a less expense to the to the, his king and uh, his kingdom with a uh, minimum losses and yet to deliver the, all these tactics and technologies and modus operandi, you know, how to conduct a war because we, we must be, you know, clear 2000 years ago, nobody was working in Amazon, or, you know, I mean, in the logistics, everything was like being conquered the land and, you know, defend yeah. what you had. Second one is Niccolo Machiavelli. Uh, so Sun Tzu is my, my, my number one true example of the leadership. Niccolo Machiavelli is the second, uh, not as a leadership, but as somebody who was the whisperer to the leaders. Even his book, The Prince, has been questioned in history that he's been, that book that has been written, actually as a pure, uh, satisfying alter ego to come good and good grace of the king of the, he was serving Boja, and, um, you know, he influenced the generation how to behave. But soon so for me, yes. Now, have you met? I don't think you have met the author, right? <laughs> uh, look, we we try to arrange some coffee in afterlife, but you know, this moment we will see. I mean, 
So I've got a, moment there. I've got a question here. So if you were both sitting on a park bench somewhere and you yes. could have a coffee with that person, yes. what would be the question you would ask them? Do you believe that your book influenced generations and generations? Mm. That would be my one. You know, that was my book because, you know, if, if you <laughs> – because people when leave the legacy and, you know, those times people wrote these things, there's a famous uh, favorite – uh, swordsman Yamato Musashi from Japan, 16th century. He has a uh, 67 jewels, and uh, he was uh, he was having micro leadership, and he wrote something that was called a doko, while you're living for the leaders. This is the type of people who wrote these things to learn to teach generations after them. But that being said, there has never been uh, uh, known to them that somebody applied this, and you agree, Dennis, with me. You're running the great podcast, Dennis. I really enjoy being today with you. But as well, you have the competitors of your own, and I have mine. And they will do everything now, you know, for your work to be seen different way. So imagine one script writing from Sun Tzu could be burned, right? And nobody will know. So that's uh, so I'm sure that he knows that he's been applied, yes. Yeah, it's interesting how a lot of us as leaders today, the, what we say and what we do, whether it be in the way of the words we use, the actions we take, a book you read, an interview on a podcast, actually running your own podcast, doing or speaking on stage, you will impact people for generations to come. But yes. we just don't actually always know that. I don't know about you, Mario, but I'm always surprised when somebody comes to me two or three years later or five years later and goes, you said this on this date, and I go, oh, what did I say? And it was like, you said this, this, and this, but this has actually changed my life for good and it's been really really awesome and it just brings a tear to my eyes because they go whoa look at the power that we actually have and i'm not saying to be powerful and be yes. strong people i'm not talking about that at all it's just it's amazing what we can do today to impact generations of the future and that's what you're doing then you know and for that i'm grateful talking about leadership it's very ungrateful there's so many definitions but the true example of leadership it is as you and i spoke Last two years, I saw how the COVID amplified people's behavior on a good or bad way. Yep. Leadership, it's different when you're sitting behind a, a, a desk and you've been protected by the many uh, obstacles for the normal people, army, police, and everything else. So if you're politicians and this, that's not the leadership. Being poli in politics, that's not the leadership. That's even job. There's no qualifications for this. And... Because after all, leader does decision making for everybody in corporation. What you did, you decided clearly, consciously, deliberately, and purposely. I will not sit and just wait to call it goes. I will utilize my time. And for that, that's a display of the leadership. Even if you don't need to have five, 500 people behind you, Dennis, but your actions helps others. And that's us is this. Yeah, I did a photo shoot. Um don't, Mario, don't laugh too much at me when I'm about to tell you this. <laughs> what? I'm already laughing because it's sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did a photo shoot about four years ago, and yes. about an hour and a half, it was two hours long, and I was mm -hmm. just playing. I had to be animated to, to, to help the photo. Yes. And the guy goes to me, you've got a great face for radio. And I'm like, not a great face for a TV, but a great face for radio? What are you talking about, man? And um, yeah. This is, I heard that once somebody told me, you know, like, it's a great 
face for radio, right? And I'm like, uh, nobody sees you behind the mic. Oh. But people don't remember the, 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 the images. You see, we all been dreamed by the sound and smell. And what I learned in Intelligence Academy, uh, one of the classes uh, with that lady, she told us everything is in binary codes. We live in binary codes, so everything is in numbers. But one thing what we can't ignore, it's sound and smell. Mm-hmm. Smell opens the, for the any leader. It's going to remind them on a, yeah. Mm. Absolutely does. You know, I was 20, I was five years of age and I went to Greece for six months with my mum and dad on holiday. Yeah. And for 16 years, there was this smell and I could never remember where that smell was. And when I was 21 years of age and I landed back in Athens, I got picked up, taken to my auntie's apartment building. It was winter. Yeah. Soon as the apartment door opened, that that smell, which is the yeah, thing yeah, that, that yeah. goes through the heating of the of the place, as yeah. soon as I hit it, I was like, "Whoa!" And it, I just remembered it. And it's just it's amazing what people remember and what mm. what the brain processes as we go through things over life. Mm. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Now, Mario, the, the the show here is called Leadership Is Changing. When I mentioned that title or that statement, what does that mean to you? Leadership. What it means, sorry, the question was leadership means to me or? Leadership is changing. What does that mean to you? Yeah, well, no doubt that as I mentioned in our previous conversation a few minutes ago, uh, that COVID changed the landscape of the behavior and the thinking. Mm. And the leaders, I truly believe uh, we all saw actually so many corporations, uh, they try to see beyond the horizon and relied heavily uh, on um on overseas uh, operations. Uh, I always come back to the one point, leaders, if he doesn't understand his local area, you can't understand what's happening in other city. So what I'm going to see, or what I would like to see, it's a new generation of the leaders, because all generations of the leaders is gone. The way of thinking, way of acting, way of uh, decision-making is gone. Information uh, changing the landscape of decision-making. It's a lot of misinformation, disinformation. And uh, it's going to ask this changing of the leadership. is going to ask and seek for the people or the leaders from the management, right? And what I try to say, somebody who understands inside outside operations, somebody who is dedicated to the company and who's going to understand information's changing. It's inevitable. And we had the leaders, you know, we need to understand, and my understanding is that's how I was educated. There's a two type of leaders. You have the world leaders, and you have the leaders in the peace. Uh, great examples of Winston Churchill. He was a great world leader. He was a great world, uh, world leader. Did he want election after war? No, nobody wanted him anymore. Yeah, well, there's several reasons why not, but nobody wanted him because he saw, same comes in the COVID. COVID absorbed, I think it's like a, Sponge right between, uh, you know, I mean, everything absorb it. All leaders suck them in, I mean, suck them inside and needs to not produce the new generations of the leaders. And the new generation of the leaders is not what I was being introduced with. It's a new generation. This people who can decide, they're decisive, they're cunning, and they are very, very, um, knowledgeable about local market rather than just seeing beyond horizon and overseas, which means less strategic thinking was going to happen, you know, in five years time overseas, while they concentrate yourself on a market you can control. And I saw this during the uh, lockdown and the COVID, 
people are being lost because they have operations overseas. I did not understand what's happening. There's no goods, there's no employees, people working from home. So new generation of employees is going to be something like a dentist, people who uh, work tirelessly through COVID. That's what it is, people who never stopped working through COVID and who didn't expose themselves to the, you know, to public and uh, brought uh, negative attention to the company. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think those leaders who have kept going throughout that whole period of time, and you're right, are the ones that are going to still rise up. Really interesting, those who did rise up and those who didn't, those yes. who had the title, they didn't stand up, and you're like, what? And then others who didn't have the title did stand up, so that's our leaders. We had a survey done here in New Zealand recently, and I yes. don't know the actual stats. I'm not going to say it, but I just know that they asked about politics or politicians and also the media have lost trust from people, but the ones that right. people do trust are business leaders. And, yes. or businesses, and they are trusting them more than anyone at the moment. So it was interesting to see where that's going to go in alignment to what you've just shared as well. So I think yes. that's, yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of people, whether they're being entrepreneurs and large corporates, whatever, that we get influenced by various leaders in our lives. And now this person could be alive or from history. Who is your favorite leader and why? Sarah Blakely is my favorite leader. So Sarah Blakely is the founder of Spanx, which are the shapewear, kind of the original shapewear for women. And the reason that I really like Sarah is because she has been a very authentic leader. So first she founded, you know, a, a huge, very, very profitable organization, and she started it out of her house. And so she started with very humble beginnings, and then she was able to build her company up to the point where in October of 2021, she sold the majority share of her organization. And I think it was over, I think it was like 1.2 billion is what she sold it for, which is obviously a huge amount. But Part of what I really respect about her is her authenticity and, you know, just even watching her on her Instagram page with like her four kids, like her kids will often look like she hasn't like bathed them or groomed them in, you know, months and years. And, you know, here she is like super successful and she's just really willing to be honest. The other thing that I just really respect about her is her ability to you know, nurture her staff and the people that help her get where she is. So when she sold the company, she gave her employees each $10,000 and two plane tickets, round trip plane tickets to anywhere in the world. And, you know, I just thought that that was such a neat testament to her, you know, desire to help give back to people who had really helped make her who she was. And so for those really reasons, I really admire her. Awesome. Ah, really good. And if you were to sit on a park bench with Sarah, having a cup of coffee together, what would be one question you would ask her? So I would ask her if she felt like there was a turning point between when her business was small and when she was able to scale it, you know, to be transparent while my business currently is very successful and doing more than most female entrepreneur businesses do in terms of revenue. I'm very proud of that. I still feel that there is a big gap between smaller kind of more mom and pop businesses to larger corporations. And making that transition is really difficult. Like we were talking about going from, you know, just one employee to several employees, or as you grow, there are different challenges that you face. And I would love to talk to her about how she was able to navigate that. Great. Now, congratulations to you on your, what you're talking about, your revenue and, and, and going really well in that. What, what drives you in your business? 
It drives me to be constantly learning and growing. I really believe that, you know, I'm not the type of person who wants to sit still. I always want to be pushing myself to do something that's just outside of my kind of my comfort zone and to really give myself that challenge to see where I can go. And I know that I can accomplish a lot, but oftentimes I've had, I had a coach tell me once that I needed to dream a bigger dream. And that's something that I always think about. And for a long time, I had that posted on my wall, like dream a bigger dream. So what is it, you know, oftentimes we play small, especially I think as a female founder, it's easy to feel like we're limited. You know, maybe we have responsibilities to take care of our children or a household and we feel limited in our capacity to grow. So really just trying to push myself beyond what I think I can accomplish. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you say that because I find that, I mean, I've coached a lot of female leaders around the world and there seems to be that common theme sometimes coming through around them actually dreaming bigger or actually thinking bigger or actually going out and doing things. Because when they do, they do way better than anyone else. And it's really amazing to see it. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And I, I just find that I just wish they would do more like that. And I think a lot of it is that to encourage them to do it. But I also find it's actually quite interesting how that same kind of mindset or that same kind of thing happens for people, whether than being male or female, living in a smaller country than others. And they, they talk about that and they talk about, and I, I hear men and women in New Zealand, as an example, talking about, oh, you know, little on me and little on New Zealand. I'm like, no, that, that thinking needs to change. Cause when we, when Kiwis go out there on, into the global stage, we punch about above our weight. We do really well. And I think that it's about a mindset about how we think possibly differently to then actually go out there and do things. And I think that's, that's really cool what you've shared there because yeah, I mean, dream a bigger dream. I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah, nice way of putting it. Thanks. The show here is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that title or that statement, what does that mean for you? I definitely think that leadership is changing. I think back to my early years in my career and the way that I was, you know, perhaps coached or mentored. And then I look at our world today and it is so much different than it was at the early stages of my career. And so for sure, leadership is changing. And, you know, I think that it has so much to do with the fragmentation of our world. We have become so fragmented and really the way that we approach things is so much different, right? If you were thinking about a very contained structure in the past, it was easy to say like, oh, this one person was at the top and there were you know, there were and there still are, of course, a handful of corporations that, you know, far exceed revenues than other organizations. But there is so much more opportunity now. And I think that because of all of that fragmentation, it changes the way that we approach leadership. Mm-hmm. Did you see when we were going through the last couple of years of pandemic and that, did you see organizations or leaders, some step up and others who didn't have the title of manager or, t- or leader step up and then others who are leaders and managers that didn't step up. Did you did you see that kind of scenario? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, and obviously I think that there is like the whole, resi- you know, the the large resignation, yeah. you know, where so many people quit their jobs. And I I do think that part of that resignation was individuals coming to terms with whether they really wanted to be in this role anymore, right? And I think when we when it comes to leaders, 
you've got a, a few different, you know, camps of people, right? You had the leaders who are very used to institutional leadership, the way that we maybe thought about it 10 or 20 years ago. And, you know, I think there's a level of discomfort in how is this changing, right? If if I approached, you know, leadership in this standard way, and now all of a sudden that doesn't work, perhaps they didn't want to move forward with that. And then you have people who maybe were in leadership positions and had that adaptability, and they were able to really make the changes to see how their employees needed or their teams needed to be treated and respond well to them. And then I think you've obviously got this up and coming group of leaders who maybe not only are setting the narrative, but are willing to step up and become leaders themselves. Well, listeners, I had a great laugh there with Mario in relation to Great Face for Radio. If you haven't already heard that that story, go and check it out again on the mashup or go and listen to the actual episode as well. A great face for radio. Had such a laugh of that, but it wasn't very nice when it happened in the the first place. But anyhow, check out the episode 3099 with Mario Beckis. Do things today to impact generations to come. And then Heather Osgood on episode 311. People expect to be led differently. She shared something with us, which I thought was awesome. Dream a bigger dream. Listeners, go ahead and check out those two different episodes and pick up and take some wonderful notes because there were some real great insights throughout those two different interviews. All right, listeners, thanks for joining me. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 